0: The theme verse is Luke chapter 24, verses 25 through 27. So turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Luke chapter 24, 25 through 27. As you can see, I was over here looking at the uh, resurrection because of Easter coming up to the day we celebrate Christ's resurrection. And so uh, I looked and I seen a portion of Scripture that stood out About verse 25. Jesus Christ is uh, on the road to uh, Emmanuel. And uh, he's after the resurrection, of course, and he's speaking to some men that come along the road with him. Verse 25, we'll get to here. Then he said, That's Jesus Christ unto them, that's followers of Christ. Not quite sure if they're just all disciples or if there be an apostle in there or two. Apostles are simply called out. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of hearts to believe all the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And uh, verse 27, and being at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Notice he started with Moses and all the prophets. Uh, In the true church, we found out that the church has been in existence for a long time. Not necessarily a New Testament church. We're the true church, a group of born-again believers. And we have true salvation we talked about. We'll review that all tonight. But uh, we're going to look at the true way of salvation today. And Jesus Christ explained to them, the true way of salvation. Where did he start? In the Old Testament. The gospel is not an exclusively a New Testament message. Jesus Christ talked talk to them about himself. And he started out at Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And turn there if you would. We're going to go progressively through a few verses. Look at a couple of uh, quite a few verses this morning. Genesis 3 15. And this is where we start here reading about the gospel of christ some of you have heard this before from me in various parts of messages but this is going to one of the messages going to wrap up we're going to wrap up the true way series or the true verse series uh, with the true bible and we'll be looking at that after easter And we'll start out in verse 14. This is, it takes place in the garden after the fall of Adam and Eve. And there's all kinds of places you can go here with different messages and different thoughts. But the thought we want to see is the gospel. Where's the gospel in the book of Genesis chapter 3? It starts out in verse 14. And the Lord God said unto the serpent. He's talking to Lucifer, the devil. And he says, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all the cattle and above every beast of the field and upon thy belly shalt thou go and dust thou shalt eat all the days of thy life. And, and there's a big end here. This is part of his curse, and this brings emphasis. Not only is he going to crawl on his belly like a reptile, but he is going to uh, put enmity... God's going to put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. He's talking about a woman one day going to bring a savior into the world. That won't kill Satan right then. Satan's got a a fate worse than that reserved for him in the book of Revelations. But in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, God tells him, I'm going to use a man-child to bring a bruise to your head. Permanent damage to you. And everybody knows to destroy a snake, you've got to get to its head. And he's going to, there's the plan of salvation hinted to to Lucifer and to the Virgin Mary. Then again he goes on, at the time, not the Virgin Mary, at the time, I, I'm ahead of myself. He uh, goes on and explains later on in that same chapter, verse 31. He says unto Adam, he, uh, he told Adam about his curse. He told him that it wasn't going to work out well for him. He was going to have to work for a living and thorns and thistles will bring forth to thee and uh, all kinds of things there. But then he goes on and he addresses unto Adam again in verse 21, and his wife, And that's who he was addressing when he first started out the message. uh, 21, unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. Because they were ashamed of their nakedness. They were ashamed of the sin that they were made aware of, thanks to the eating of the garden, eating of the fruit of the uh, field. And... uh, the curse that was brought upon them. And we see that the concept of innocent blood had to be shed for the covering of sin. Those animals had to be killed. I was talking to someone this week about uh, their animal dying. I believe it was a dog. And they were taken in quite a bit by the animal dying. You know, people try to shelter that from others, and, and respectfully so. It was a very emotional time for the lady, now that I got her placed in my mind, when her dog died, a companion of 16 to 20 years it was. But we have to face the fact that things are born and things die. And them goats or lambs, they could have been either one, had to die for Adam and Eve's sin. Now who's the lamb of the world? when John the Baptist said behold the lamb of God he was referring back to those two skins that were shed those two goats that were killed and they were used to cover sin there's the start of the true way of salvation in the gospel in Genesis chapter 21 go over to Exodus and the innocent blood again being shed in Exodus 12:7 more you are familiar with this portion of scripture the Passover instituted, and we have about the Passover feast, and we look at twelve, verse seven, and they took of their blood and struck it on the two bolt, uh, on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the house wherein they shall eat it, and that the death angel would pass by the Egyptians, as they were get, the, uh, the Egyptians as the Hebrews were flee, getting ready to flee Egypt. The death angel would pass by their house and not execute judgment on their firstborn sons in that portion of Scripture and in that incidence of history, which we have recorded in more than one place in your Bible. And they passed over the Hebrews' doorpost because innocent blood was shed for sin. The Hebrew people weren't perfect by any means, but God covered them with blood. The concept of Jesus Christ coming to earth and being sacrificed for our sins, his blood being shed for our sins, is as old as Genesis chapter 3. Shows up in every book of the Bible. I'll uh, one day take time and we'll look at it. The next thing we see is Job. In Job 19.25, not the next thing, but the next time I want to point this out to you. So let's go to the book of Job, which is considered by most Bible scholars as the oldest book in the Bible. And we go way over to just before Psalms and uh, Job chapter 19, verse 25. The reason they consider Job one of the oldest books in the Bible, it's one of the few, it's The only book in the Bible where there's not much for historical value as far as kings and priests and anything mentioned that would date it, it seems to be, if you read it in its context, it talks about uh, pre-government times when every man did that which he seemed right in his own eyes. This was Job, an upright and honest man. And he come into hard times, and he was tested by God and that serpent, the devil again. And we read in Job 19.25, Job chapter 19, verse 25, of a Redeemer. Job chapter 19.25, I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand, and in the latter day upon the earth, and though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Talks about a redeemer, speaks about the end times, speaks about the uh, resurrected Christ. It was nothing new under the sun. Old Testament saints got saved the same way we do. If you look at the insert in your bulletin, we look back to the cross, they look forward to the cross. Old Testament saints knew that innocent blood had to be shed one day to cover their sins by the Savior, the Messiah. And we look back to the first time the Christ came, or excuse me, to the first time Christ came and His innocent blood was shed for us. He becomes our Messiah, our Savior. As a Gentile, we become grafted in, according to Romans chapter 11, but we get saved only one way. There's only one gospel and only one salvation, and that's through Jesus Christ. No other way. Old Testament saints did not get saved by being obedient to the law. No one was good enough to be obedient to the law. And to fulfill that standard or to even begin to show people that concept of understanding, Old Testament saints had to have an innocent calf, an innocent dove, Sometimes if they were really poor, they had to take oats and grain and sacrifice that in place of blood for their, their sins. And it all pointed to that. Now where uh, everything goes haywire for the Hebrews was in the 400 years before Christ. When we don't have written uh, much for written testimony, the rituals became empty and meaningless as far as redemption was concerned. And they were... Uh, using the law to become self-righteous. Just like some of us to this day say we're self-righteous. I haven't killed anybody. I don't steal. I'm as good as Joe Smith or Susie Brown. We justify ourselves by the law. That's not how you get saved. The law shows you your need for salvation, your emptiness, and your need for redemption. And Job found that out and he started to come to terms with all that because he lived by the law and he did not die in the law. He died with grace and it started in Job chapter 19. Old Testament has hundreds of other verses that talk of a coming Savior. We're going to just look at some of the basics. So we looked at Eve in Genesis 315, we looked at Adam in Genesis 321, we looked at Job in 1925 of the book of Job, we'll look at Abraham in Hebrews, oh, you're talking Old Testament all this, no, we're going to look at the New Testament, but you're going to see the New Testament and the Old Testament same book. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17, most of you are familiar with Abraham and the resurrection. Well, maybe not the resurrection, but the story of Abraham. Let's go to Hebrews, the one that's my favorite book when I get up in the morning, although I try my best. I always tell everybody I got married young. I don't know how to make coffee, but uh, Hebrews is where I go go to grab for in the morning. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17, and you'll see the story of Abraham. uh, Chapter 11 is what they call the chapter of uh, faith. In verse 17 it says by faith abraham when he was tr- tried offered up isaac that he had received the promise offered up, up his only begotten son of whom it was said that in isaac shall all thy seed be called now that's in genesis 21:12 that's called the abrahamic covenant abraham knew that out of his out of isaac would come the next group of individuals that God would favor as a nation and love as a people. And actually the descendant of the Messiah that was to come was going to come from his loins. And it was going to be through Isaac. But yet Isaac was told by God to put him on a, on a pile of sticks and sacrifice him. Why was he going to do that? Why was he obedient to the point where the angel had to stop him from sacrificing that child? The answer is in the next verse. Accounting, this is what he considered, Abraham, verse 17, accounted that God was able to raise him from the dead, even from the dead from whence also he received him in a figure. He knew about the resurrection. He knew that the Savior was going to come. he knew that Easter was going to be a holiday originally uh, uh, something we could celebrate the resurrection on. He knew that the messiah he looked okay he looked forward to the Messiah coming and he knew if his son was going to father eventually the the descendants that would lead to the Messiah fourteen generations later he knew that if God told him to kill him, he would raise him from the dead. He had that much faith because he knew that Messiah was going to be resurrected from the dead and account for our sins. The true gospel is of death, remember we looked at it, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. That's why at Easter we celebrate the empty cross. We don't look to a cross that's got someone hanging on it yet. He's been resurrected. He's been... He was our redemption. He had victory over death. And Abraham, at that day and age, and that point in history, before the Hebrew nation was really birthed, all the mankind, it says in the Abrahamic covenant, shall be blessed of thee. That's all mankind. Now, who died for all mankind? The Messiah, the Jesus Christ, we celebrate in the next week. And he died for all mankind. And Abraham knew that that was going to take place, that there was somebody going to come along from his loins that was going to be part of the Messiah's redemption of all the world. Every one of us has that redemption offered. Which come first, grace or faith? Grace come first. Grace come first. Uh, The gospel is not exclusively for New Testament people. It's not nothing new. It's not exclusively for you and I. It's not even exclusive to the Messianic Jews. Messianic Jews is a nice way and and how Hebrews present themselves who have accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and still want to be of Jewish heritage. Those are what they call themselves as Masonic Jews because they know the Messiah has come. They recognize Jesus Christ was what we're talking about today. And they celebrate the Savior of the world. And they testify to their fellow mankind, uh, relatives and such, about that Savior. And they uh, pray just like we do through Jesus Christ. They have an intercessor. God foresaw he was justified to the Gentiles by faith and announced the true gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you In the New Testament, we see that reflected in Galatians chapter 3, 8 through 9, which is actually quoting from Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. Uh, Brother Russell, will you read Galatians 3, 8 through 9? And uh, Brother Jay, will you read Genesis 12, 3 for us, please? Either one, when you grab it, stand up and read it for us. Galatians chapter three, eight and nine. I might have said five, but it's three, eight, and nine. That's why I got it wrote down here. New Testament. A, Galatians chapter three And the scripture foreseeing that God will testify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Amen. Brother Jay, read us where that says that. Amen. That's the only way to get saved. Not by the law. Not by obedience to the law. But by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. And the mercy. God... Uh, loves us. The Old Testament saints were aware of the promised Redeemer. The Messiah would save his people from their sins. New Testament 121. Brother Kevin, would you read New Testament 121 for us? And Brother uh, Marvin, would you read Isaiah 53, 5, and 6 for us, please? Okay. Okay. Where are we at? Where's Brother Kevin? I'm getting eye contact with him. Okay, Matthew 121. I know tax season, those numbers just don't make sense anymore. (laughs) I don't think I could, when it was tax season for my wife, I don't think she could give us our phone number. (laughs) Matthew 121, Brother Kevin, could you read that for us, please? When you find it, and Brother Marvin, could you read us... Isaiah 53, 5, and 6, when you find it, please. And he shall bring forth his son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Brother Marvin. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was buried for mm-hmm. in our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Thank you, Brother Marvin. Thank you, Brother Kevin. And Brother Russell and Brother Jay. In Isaiah, they were looking forward to the New Testament. Prophet. In the New Testament, they were looking back to the Messiah that came. There is no other way of salvation found in no one else. Acts four, eleven through twelve and Psalms one eighteen, twenty-two. I'm going to ask Brother Uh, you know who we are, behind Brother Marvin. Ryan Hughes. There, you got both your first and last name on the computer now. Brother Ryan Hughes, could you read to us Acts 4, 11 through 12, please? And I'll read Psalms 118.22. He's going to read the New Testament. I'll read the Old Testament. Psalms 118.22. You'll read Acts 4, 11 through 12. Yes, sir, brother Ryan, whenever you're ready. Neither any There is other name under heaven given among Amen. Thank you, brother Hughes. And I'm going to read Psalm 118 21 20 I'll start in 20. This gate of the Lord unto thy righteousness shall enter. I will praise thee for thou hast heard me and art become my salvation. The stone which the builder refused is become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Old Testament saints looking forward to the New Testament Savior. Nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new under the sun. The gospel is not exclusively in any form other than the grace by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone doesn't come any other way we've looked at that in the past there's no other there's only one way to be saved in the old testament and a different way to be saved in the new testament that would not be true because there'd be two different gospels then wouldn't there if you could earn your way to salvation. My Bible says, for by grace ye are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. There wasn't one way for the Jew to be saved and a different way for the Gentile to be saved. That would be two ways to heaven, wouldn't it? There's only one true way to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. In fact, Jesus Christ says there's only one road to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's that simple. Let's all stand. Not a lengthy message, but I hope it it just drives home the fact that I have a complete Bible. You have a complete Bible. You have the complete Word of God in your hand. You have the message of salvation, tried and true, if you do not confess.